Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, and welcome. I am Lana Reed, and this is Don't Box Me In. I have always enjoyed talking about dating and relationships, so today's topic is one of my absolute favorites. My guest today is a dating success story. He got divorced after 25 years of marriage and bravely entered the world of modern dating. He embraced his new single life and began to learn everything he could about dating, relationships, and finding love again. As a result of his dating experiences, Chad Stone has written a humorous and reflective book called Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet, One Man's Brave Adventure into Dating Again in the 21st Century. I'm so delighted to have him on the show with me today. And with that, I want to give a big welcome to Chad Stone to Don't Box Me In today. Chad, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lana. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you for making time for me today. Um, my first thing I want to know, Chad, this book, uh, Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet, it shares your story of entering the dating world after 25 years, like I said, of marriage. Um, can you tell me offhand, uh, what do you remember being the differences about dating pre- and post-marriage? Wow, that's, that's a big topic. But, <laughs> but it's a great question. It's a great question, and I get asked that all the time. So mm-hmm. um, let me just give you a short answer okay <laughs> if that's if that's possible i don't know oh. um when i but when i was married young in my 20s and then you know um stayed married for a long time um back in those days there was no internet mm-hmm. back in those days there was no there was no online dating there was no um speed dating uh, a lot of the technology that we take for granted in the 21st century simply didn't exist. And and to put this in perspective, you know, when I started dating again a few years ago, it had been so long since I would, had been on a date that I didn't know if the same rules applied. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had not been on a date since Ronald Reagan was president. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and when you say it that way, it really sounds like it was like, holy mackerel, had they discovered you know, like electricity then? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, electricity, but not the Internet. So um, a lot of the new ways to connect with people, you know, cell phones weren't even all that common. So mm-hmm. um, it, the, the technology had changed, and, and the way you can access meeting people um, had changed a lot. So that's probably the biggest thing. Okay, so I think, and I'm kind of like up there in the same age bracket, and you know, I still sometimes believe, okay, well, you know, I'll meet Mr. Wright in aisle five in the grocery, uh, you know, store, but that's not always the case these days. We have just so many more opportunities and and ways to meet people these days. Well, and that and that's a key point. There's more ways to connect. There's more ways to meet people. So actually. The changes, once you get used to the fact that there's a lot more going on, um, I think it's actually better now when you're single and looking for the, the next love of your life or the last love of your life, as I was. <laughs> I was very clear I didn't want to do this forever. You know, I wanted to fi- find a special woman and settle back down and be done um, <laughs> with with the dating process. Um, and as it turned out, I met the woman who is now my lovely wife online on a, on a very popular dating site. So I can tell you that the new tools and the new ways to connect can work. You can use those to your advantage. Oh, wow. Okay. So tell me this. After the divorce, um, did you start dating right away? Did you get into this or did you kind of have some downtime? I, ha- I had a little bit of uh, downtime, um, but I was I was ready to to start looking relatively soon. Um, okay. But I did that by kind of being a lurker online. I went to the, <laughs> the, the biggest um, dating site, Match.com, because okay. that's the one I knew about, because I didn't know this stuff, but that name I had heard, right? Mm-hmm. And I just started looking to see what was happening online. So as I was kind of getting ready to get back into things, I was already kind of scoping things out without actively in, you know, participating. So that's kind of how I made my transition from um, 
being completely single and off the market uh, into, hey, I'm ready to start again. I'm ready to, to start this whole dating concept again. And it was a little, it was a little scary for me, um, but I also had a very positive outlook. I was trying to be optimistic about it because I was looking for a solution. I wasn't looking for the problems along the way, and, um, and it worked out great. Okay, okay. So share with us, if you can, some of your first attempts at dating. <laughs> well, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with meeting somebody in any way that, that works, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't want, because I, I talk a lot about online dating because it was part of my experience, I don't want people to think that that's the only way. Uh, okay. The fact of the matter is, the, the most recent surveys say that about one in five modern couples that have gotten together in the last five years met each other online. Okay. So that's somewhere between 20 and 25% of the population. So, I mean, that's a lot of people. That's millions yes. of people. But it's it's not the majority. So it's not like online dating has worked for everybody, but it's mm-hmm. working for a lot of us. So going out and doing things that you normally do in your, in your um, normal life, and mm-hmm. going out and, and looking for folks to meet in situations that are, that are kind of um, designed for um, meeting other people. It's still, that, 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 you know, the old school, the old-fashioned way of meeting people in the real world is still the most popular way that people connect and get together. So for me, the early attempts at online dating, because they were completely new, those are the ones that I, that I really <laughs> screwed up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because, this is, a, and, and this is all new. Tip. I don't know what's going on. So you're just out there winging it at first. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I learned the hard way, because I really had nobody to ask and I had, I didn't know how the rules online worked. One of the things I did starting out as a newbie was I, you know, I, I joined match.com and I said, okay, great. I'll, I'll search for women in my geographic area, in, in my target age group, and I will start sending them these wonderful messages from me, these long letters where I, wrote, mm-hmm. I told them up my life story. And it's like mm. I really got into it, and I made sure that they knew that I had read their profile. So I'd, I'd make a reference to something that they had said. It's like, oh, Skiing. That's something I always wanted to do. I've only done that a couple of times, and I wasn't good at it. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd send these long messages, and I got very few responses back. Mm-hmm. Very few. And it wasn't until much later, when I was talking with um, a single uh, woman acquaintance that I knew through uh, a work sort of a thing, mm-hmm. who was kind of doing the same thing. She she was. Um, getting back into uh, dating again. And I, I explained to her what I was doing. She said, oh, well, I never answered those long messages. <laughs> that, that, you know, that's uh-huh. much like work. I don't have that kind of time. And uh-huh. I realized, man, I'm going about this completely wrong. No wonder I'm not getting any response, you know? You know, and that speaks to where we're at as a culture now. I mean, you know, with your social media sites and everything, um, everybody wants it all quick and fast and brief as possible, you know. So, you know, I kind of, I guess that goes along with the online dating and where we are just mentally as a culture. It's, it's always short, quick and fast. Give it, give it to us quick. We don't want the long stuff. Absolutely. I mean, look at where communication has gone in the last five or 10 years. We went from, um, sending long messages to each other to, um, little emails. And if you've used email for any length of time, you realize you can really only talk about one thing in an email because people forget that there were other topics and they'll only answer like one question. Yes. Right? yes. And now nobody wants to do emails because it's like, oh, i got to read all this. And so you send these little text messages where you drop all the vowels. It's like, I don't know where we go from here. I know. have been abbreviated so much. But yeah, so getting back to online dating, I was just, I was being too wordy. I was, mm-hmm. I was taking too much time on it and it looked like it was going to be work to go through my message and respond to it. Mm-hmm. So. And I guess, you know, I mean, if you're, you're sitting there on the other end and you're reading somebody with this long, long, lengthy message, it's like, okay, this, 
this man's personality is going to require a lot of work. It just seems like, oh my <laughs> goodness gracious, really? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. You so don't, it, you, don't it seems, you know, those of us of the male persuasion have. <laughs> In the past, was referred to some women as high maintenance, right? Yes, yes. I mean that. There's a certain, you know, that's sort of in in the language, right? Everybody understands that. Yes. Um, but the last thing you want to be as a man is high maintenance. It's like, mm. oh my gosh, no woman wants to put up with that at all. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Too funny. So um, you mentioned this earlier, and I also. Um, so you did say this uh, uh, in your book on your website that finding midlife romance was easier for you. And I think that's kind of a unique concept um, because I think the older we get, you know, we're more settled in our ways. We're less flexible when it comes to incorporating other people's quirks into our lives. So how do you feel it's easier to be seasoned, so to speak, and find love? Well, I'm, I'm really glad um, you brought that up because um – in my book, Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet, if you read the book, you find that my, my tone and my outlook was positive from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's an outgrowth of me just keeping a, a, a journal, right? Because I wrote down things that happened along the way um, because I was trying to process what I was going through. And I also had a, 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 a hunch early on that, you know, if my story turns out to be positive, if I have a happy ending at the end of my journey, this might be something that other people could be interested in reading about. Mm-hmm. So I, I documented everything, and I, I tried to have a sense of humor about it, and I looked for the ways for it to work out, right? And mm-hmm. so going online was one of those things where I said, okay, that's why not take advantage of that avenue for the potential to meet somebody? I'm going to just jump into this. And, mm-hmm. and as I went through my story um, and, and was, you know, actively looking for, for the woman of my dreams, um, I realized that there's a lot more going on in, in, in single life for, for post-divorced people in, in their mid, mid-years than ever before. It's just there's more of us. It's more socially acceptable to be, you know, post-divorce and looking for love. Um, I, I did the stats. I went to the U.S. Census Bureau and I said, okay, how many people like me are there in America? Mm-hmm. You know, over 40. I, so I, I looked for over 40, younger than 64. How many single adults are there in America? I'll bet you, I'll bet you don't know. Take a wild guess, Lana. Uh, many single adults in their 40s. Wow. Well, from, from 40, 40 to up f- to 64, like the mid, the middle aged. Wow, I have no clue. Isn't that, a, I mean, it, it, most people don't think about that, right? So right. I added up the numbers, and there are 30.8 million single adults wow. in America in their middle years. And once I knew that, I said, well, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. This is going to work out for me, you know? So maintaining a positive attitude was always crucial for me, and um I looked for evidence to support my my optimism. Okay, okay. Um, that's now this optimism that you're you're talking about. I want to bring up another thing that you mentioned in the book um, that probably played into your perspective, and I, I kind of admire in you. You told a story in your um, your book about an interaction you had with your father while looking for a parking spot, and at one point <laughs> your dad says to you, "That's what you get for trying too hard." Um, do you, you feel that people are scared? I mean, especially in the 40 to 50 age bracket, do you feel that people are scared to take risk when it comes to their relationships? Um, yes, I do. I think um, we do tend to get set in our ways, and we do tend to kind of close off possibilities for growth and for meeting new people and all kinds of stuff. But that story with my dad in the parking lot was um, – really spoke to me. It was one of those little moments that I just kind of got the aha moment after mm-hmm. I kind of reflected back. It had happened a few years ago. Um, but I had pulled in the shopping mall parking lot and gone to the very front of the mall by the, by the doors, right? Mm-hmm. And I started looking for a place to park there. And um, 
when I didn't find one, I figured, well, the very least I could go back to where the, the farther <laughs> away spots are, and I've got nothing to lose here. And, and my dad gave me a bad time for even trying to find the perfect mm. spot. You know, and I said to myself, well, that's in, in my single life, in my singlehood, that would be like me looking for somebody who's okay, who mm-hmm. sort of gets me, and who's sort of compatible with me, instead of looking for the, the perfect woman for me. Why not start at the top and True. look for, look for you know, the, the amazing, wonderful person instead of, eh, she'll do. <laughs> so that was, you know, and that's just kind of sad. And, and I'm afraid a lot of folks in their middle years and even younger um, kind of settle into, well, I guess I can, you know, find somebody. I'm going to try to make this work. This is better than being alone. I'd rather have yeah. somebody than nobody. Yeah. 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 I'm not yeah, that's... saying that you, you, you can't make things better in, in your existing relationship, but when you're setting out to find someone new, why not look for your soulmate? Yeah, amazing stuff. Well, Chad, hold on. We're going to take our first break of the day. We'll be right back with more Chad Stone after this. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back. Don't box me in. Today I am with Chad Stone, author of Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet. And before the break, we were talking about um, an aha moment he had while um, driving with his dad about a parking space and how we can take that and apply that to um, looking for somebody um, and not settling for just anybody. And I want to ask you, Chad, when you started dating, did you have a concrete idea of the type of female you were looking for, what qualities and characteristics that you wanted, or you just kind of were still figuring that part out as well? Well, one of, one of the very first chapters in my book um, tells the story of when I, I actually sat on my couch in my bachelor apartment <laughs> and said to myself, okay, what kind of a woman am I looking for? And I got out a, a pad of paper and I actually started writing down some of the... Um, the attributes, physical things, and mm-hmm. mental and emotional, and you know, what kind of background would she have? You know, what what kind of similarities would we have in our shared experience? And I looked at that list, and I said, okay, I have just described a total babe. I have described <laughs> a total babe for me. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I'm you know, I'm still kind of recovering from. From divorce, and I, I looked at the list and I said, in order for me to attract that babe, I have got to become a babe magnet. <laughs> and, um, and it was sort of an aha moment, and it was sort mm-hmm. of tongue in cheek at the same at the same time because I realized I wasn't a babe magnet; I was just a guy who didn't <laughs> know the first thing about dating in the 21st century. So on the on the the pad of paper, I wrote down babe magnet rule number one. Mm-hmm. Be a babe magnet. You must believe you are a babe magnet. Mm-hmm. So it was like that self-fulfilling attitude. Yeah, and sure. that was the kind of the beginning of my journey. All right. So tell me this then. Exactly what is a babe magnet? <laughs> a babe magnet is a confident man who knows what he wants and knows how to treat a woman. And All right. if you start from that point. And you just add knowledge and experience and um, adventures along the way. I think that you can succeed in finding the love of your life, and I think it works for women too. I mean, just kind of change the terminology a little bit. But as mm-hmm. a confident modern woman who knows what she wants, you can go out there and find and attract the man of your dreams. Alrighty, okay. You know, that gives hopes to a lot of, uh, you know, especially the females, because I think a lot of us are, you know, just kind of disheartened with the whole process. And, um, you know, to hear somebody say, you know, there is there are, there are opportunities out there for you. Don't lose hope and stuff like that. So good stuff. You just have to get your mindset right. And I think that's probably part of the battle for a lot of us is is getting your mind in the right place, you know, because sometimes you de- you defeat yourself before you even get started. 
Well, that's a huge part of it. It really is a huge part of it. And a lot of people don't realize that the adventure starts, you know, between your ears. Mm -hmm. You might have to change your mind about how things are in your life. You might have to change your mind about how how possible things are. You know, a lot, a lot of I see this a lot. A lot of women and a lot of men have kind of given up. They've mm -hmm. kind of given up the hope that somebody is out there for them. And when you do that, you pretty much create a reality where that's going to be true for you. Now, the other part of it is, you know, you've got to change your mind about some things, but you might have to take a hard look at your life because you've kind of settled into this singlehood. You mm -hmm. might have created a, a lifestyle for yourself that actually is not conducive to having somebody come in. Um, sure. later, later in my book, when I, um, I get serious about finding you know, a, a girlfriend that I really want to settle with, settle in with. Um, I realized that I looked at my clothes closet. I realized this thing is packed. I've got clothes from, you know, most men <laughs> have clothes from 25 years ago, right? Uh, at least in my age group, I've got, you know, shoes older than most people on the planet. So, <laughs> so I looked at my closet and it's like, okay, this is totally packed. I, you know, what message does this closet send to the women of the world? It, I'll tell you the message was, I, you know, this closet is so full, there's not room for any more of my clothes, let, let alone somebody else's. So I have I'm no space for you in my life. Yeah, there's no space for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I literally went through my closet and got rid of old stuff, and I made space for for a, a woman, right? Mm -hmm. I literally left, a, you know, a chunk of space, you know, hangar space that was empty. And I said to myself, that's for her. And, mm. you know, at, that space was empty for a little while, but ultimately that space got filled. <laughs> and, you know, my girlfriend started hanging stuff up right there. That, you know, and it sounds kind of simplistic, but there was there was magic in, in that. There was magic in me saying, creating the intention that okay, there's space in my life for somebody new. I mean, and that's with anything. You know, if you you envision your life to be a certain kind of way, or you want it to be a certain kind of way, you have to make preparations for it to be that way. So you know, you can't you can't dream about Ferraris if you don't even make attempts to get a driver's license. I mean, it's just part of the process. So I mean, I think sure. that's that's very good advice there. So I'm just curious, though, I mean, because, you know, we're here and we, you know, you're making space and, you, you know, you're committed to dating and stuff like that. Um, how did you find the the experience of like speed dating and stuff like that? Was that fun for you? I thought speed dating was was great fun. It happened far enough into my adventure so that I had kind of relaxed into the process and mm -hmm. I had gotten good at um, going up to strangers and just chit-chatting and just, you know, mm -hmm. making small talk and, and um, part of it is relaxing into it, you know. One of the things that men have um, agonized over for years is, gosh, if I just had a great opening line, mm -hmm. if I just had a great pickup line so I could start a conversation, I could meet all kinds of women. I could meet that beautiful woman over there, but I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say to her. You know, uh -huh. so I've written blog posts about like the great pickup lines of all time uh -huh. and the worst pickup lines. <laughs> I don't know if, if women agonize over this because in general, men are expected to start the conversation. You know, it's sort yeah. of like the, the dating dance, you know. But for men, being able to start a conversation and be casual and funny about it is a, is a big deal. So I yeah. worked at that, and I got good at that, and um, and I realized that the, the best pickup line ever written is basically, "Hi, my name is Chad. What's your name?" I mean, just starting a friendly introduction, and just you know, and then making a comment about what's going on, you know, around you. If you're in a busy restaurant, it's like, man, this place I've never seen it this busy. Just something to get the conversation, the conversation. going. But, you okay, know. so when, when I had, and I'm getting to your question. No, no worries, no worries. Um, so by the time I started um, this this online dating, which kind of um, led me to go to a speed dating thing, I had gotten pretty good at going up to people and just starting conversations. 
So essentially a speed dating uh, event is a chance to do that with 10, 12, 14 members of the opposite sex in a, in a quick and controlled way. So I said to myself, I'm, I'm in. I can talk to anybody for six minutes, you know. I got that I can, much material. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got that much material for sure. Uh, and, and it was, I thought it was great fun. And I went there to have fun. You know, if you go there expecting it to be fun, you're going to have a much better time than, oh, I'm so nervous. I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm going to say to these people. What if they don't like me? What if I've dressed wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I just went and figured, well, what do I got to lose here? I'm not, I'm, I'm single. I don't have a girlfriend now. Uh, I might meet somebody nice. I might meet somebody who becomes a, a, a romantic interest. I might meet somebody that turns out to be a friend. So I, I literally went to a speed dating place where I had 13 women I sat across a little table with, and they mm-hmm. literally, they rang a bell. And they said, okay, talk for six minutes. (laughs) And just in case we didn't have enough to say in six minutes, they gave us little little sheets of questions that we could use as like starter things. Like, tell me about your first pet or what's your favorite thing to do when they're, you know. Icebreakers. There's nothing on TV. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I found out that I looked at the, the... questions that and then the topics they gave us and i said i can do better than this so we just we just kind of talked and mm-hmm. six minutes flew by it was just great fun so i would recommend that for folks who um are open to the adventure of it um the, the only thing you have to lose is you know a couple hours of your time and it might turn out to be fun and you might get a, a date or two out of it I mean, and you, like you said, you have nothing to lose because even if you walk away from it and you don't have a, a romantic thing that blossoms from that, you might gain a good female or male companion, you know, friend just to, you know, just be well, friends not with. Only that, that, not only that, I mean, that's absolutely true. But if you're in the, in the mode of just kind of getting back into dating, think about it as going on 12 first dates in mm-hmm. one night. You're going to get better at it as as the evening goes on you're going to relax and you're going to be able to you know have a, a nice little conversation with somebody that you don't know at all and that's going to do nothing but help you as you get further into the dating process and then end up meeting the person that you really connect with and then you're going to find hey I can talk to this person and this is going great good stuff Well, we're going to take our second commercial break of the day. Uh, We'll be back with more Chad, author of Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet, right after this. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. I am Lana Reed, and today I am with author Chad Stone. Excuse me there. Can't get my mouth working right. Chad Stone. And uh, you can check out his website, middleagebabemagnet.com, where he's got lots of tips and tools for uh, the dating folks. I would say of all age groups, not just the middle age. Now, before the break, we were talking about speed dating, and you said that it was like 12 dates in one, an opportunity for somebody to get out there and have 12 dating experiences at one time. Now, I do want to know, in reality, when you did go on your dates, um, do you have any interesting or hilarious moments in your dating experiences? (laughs) Oh, baby, do I. Uh, (laughs) You know, a lot of of people ask me, you know, how'd you get the title for the book? I mean, Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet, it's is very tongue in cheek, and it's it's mm. meant to to um, get your attention, um, but it's not meant to be braggy, you know. Mm-hmm. But but what I was trying to convey is the fact that um, it took me becoming a confident man uh, and what I call very tongue in cheek a babe magnet um, in order to um, to succeed and find the last love of my life. But um, along the way. Uh, that journey took me a little while. I mean, I filled the whole book <laughs> with <laughs> with stories and and tips and things I learned along the way. So um, I, I, I 
tell people that, yeah, you know, you could probably meet somebody right away, but I was a slow learner, and it took me a while, and I went on 17 million dates (laughs) (laughs) because it, it... at some point along the way, it kind of felt like, man, I must have dated every woman, you know, in the, the Western U.S. Um, <laughs> so you don't have to be a slow learner <clears throat> like I was. <clears throat> but the advantage is you end up with a lot of great stories. So I went out with this woman, um, <clears throat> and we met in a dancing class. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, I tell people in the book, and by the way, um, you can get the book at Amazon.com either as a paperback or as a, an e-book, depending on how you want to read it. You just search for either Chad Stone or middleagedbabemagnet.com, and it'll come right up. Okay. Um, but in, in the book, one of my favorite stories is um, I, I decided to take um, group dancing lessons on purpose because I kind of always liked to dance, and I never was really good at it. So, I mean, there was a, 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 you know, a reason to take dancing lessons for that. But I also went to one as kind of... Uh, with a friend and realized, you know, there's 30 guys here and 30 girls, and this is great. What a great way to meet people. And mm-hmm. they paired everybody out, up um, for a couple little steps, and then you'd switch partners. So anyway, that's a great way to meet people. Mm-hmm. So I met somebody at the dancing class and asked her out. And, and so we went out on a, on a dinner date. And um, nice, nice woman, but she kept asking me all these kind of Strange questions. I didn't understand them. She was asking me about how many telephone calls do I make in a month? Wow. And, um, you know, how much of that is long distance? You get a lot, lot of long distance calls. You must have friends all over the country. I'll bet your long distance bill is really high. And just kind of stuff. Wow. <laughs> You're like, how do I exit sense. stage left from this one? Okay. <laughs> it didn't totally make sense to me until... Um, Late, late in the date, you know, she she starts telling me about this great opportunity she's she's found for um, selling phone services and, and <laughs> a phone package. And I realized I'm not on a out on a date. I'm a I'm a prospect. She's trying to sell me <laughs> phone service. Oh gosh! <laughs> and it really, it, you know, it wasn't a bad date. It was just so weird. It's like, yeah. okay, I don't think I need to answer ask this woman out again because she's not really motivated in the same way I am, you know. Mm-hmm. She's prospecting for new business, and I'm looking for the love of my life. <laughs> so it, we we weren't looking for the same thing. Not on the same page at all. Not, no. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Too funny. Any more humorous stories? Um, I went out with a, a woman that I called the Yoga Babe. And she was she might have been the best looking woman I ever went out with. She was one of those women where, you know, in a in a restaurant in a public setting, somebody walks by and they you know, especially you know, men, you know, stop and turn their heads to look. It's like, wow, this woman is gorgeous. And um I said to myself, Okay, I'm gonna just go for it. I'm gonna see what it's like to ask a drop dead gorgeous woman out, right? And it turns out, guess what? Sometimes they don't get asked out because all the men in the world say, ah, she's got to be married, have a boyfriend. She must have a million guys asking her out. I don't even know what to say. Mm. Well, I just treated her like she was a a normal human being of the female persuasion, right? Mm -hmm. And it turned out she was very nice and very receptive to me talking with her. So we went out for a lunch date, and it was great. And then she actually asked me over, and she said, I want to cook you dinner. I said, great. So I go to her house, and, I, you know, she had a daughter, um, and I, that was no surprise. I, I knew about her daughter. Mm-hmm. But her daughter was an integral part of this date. Hmm. And, you know, it's like, okay, I can sort of deal with this. But as that date went on, I felt like I was on a job interview and, and the position being filled was stepdad. Mm. Now, this is the first date we had been on, except for a little, you know, kind of a casual lunch date. Yeah. And I realized, you know, as gorgeous as this woman is, there's there's baggage here that she's bringing to the table. Um, and 
the way to successfully get to know somebody, the, the way to successfully date is to get to know the the date first, and then you introduce other family members and kids and stuff. And she was going about it all wrong, and it just it just didn't click for me. So here's mm-hmm. the most gorgeous woman I ever went out with, and <laughs> I chose not to see her again. How about Aww. that? <laughs> wow, wow. You know, and I, you bring up a, dile- a dilemma that a lot of single females um, have these days is when you do have children, at what point in the dating experience do you introduce somebody to your your child? And I think I always tell females you have to be sure that this person is going to be around for a while because you don't want to have Jim, Jim this week and John next week and, and Bob the week after that because it creates such so much mental conflict within the child's um, mind. So, you know, that was yeah, a little I, I agree. settling. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I, you know, it's not like you lie about your kids. You mm-hmm. lie about having kids. You pretend you don't. I mean, that's the, the wrong direction. But the reality is, you know, the first connection has to be with with the, you know, the date. And um, you introduce your kids when it's comfortable for the relationship and it'll be comfortable for your kids. And I think it's a real mistake to to um, trot your kids out in a first, second, or third, any, you know, any kind of early dating situation um, because it's hard on the kids. Yes. They're, you know, they're, they're going to want to see mom or dad ultimately find love and, uh, and a stable relationship. But if they see, you know, 20 people along the way, they're not gonna. They're not gonna get the significance of the person that you're really trying to connect with. It actually means more to the kids when they meet somebody that you've already talked about. You've already started to prep them. Um, it just, it works better for everybody. True, true. Now on your Facebook page, and you can find your Facebook page by typing in "Confessions of a Middle Age Babe Magnet." Um, I was. Glancing through it, and one of the things that you point out there, one of the quotes is, um, fall in love when you're ready, not when you're lonely. Why do you feel that's so important to people? Well, I think that a lot of relationships um, get started because um, people think, well, somebody is better than nobody, mm-hmm. and um, I just want to be with somebody. The trouble is you, you end up creating a relationship that's probably not going to last. You know, unless you guys have really connected and bonded um, and done it in a, in a way that encourages further growth, I think um, you're just going to end up with a series of short-term relationships. And, and for me, okay, from mm-hmm. my perspective, that's not what I was looking for. Okay. Now, I know people who are, are much more... Um, willing to settle for that in their lifestyles because they really don't want to commit. They've, they've been hurt by others in the past. They're not ready for, you know, a really solid long-term relationship. So a series of dating relationships is okay for them. But that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for, you know, the ultimate prize. I mm-hmm. really was looking for a soulmate. Okay. So, yeah, love when you're ready. I mean, and that's a process, too. I think a lot of people um, don't slow down to take time to work on themselves and and find out what they're bringing to the table before they try to incorporate somebody else and and that other person's own chaos and madness into their life. So, you know, I think, you know, we have to do our own personal homework first and, and get ready for the test and then, you know, go out there and find somebody. So very, very, very important tools that we have um in talking to you today a lot of the stuff that you point out your dating tips your relationship tips a lot of people would say they're old-fashioned and i know there are some people that would take up issue with this um why do you think it's important to get back to basics well i think when it really comes down to it um dating is one of the most old-fashioned things that we do you know, we're so modern, we're so 21st century, we've got all this technology and we've got all these ways to connect and we've kind of forgotten that there's this male-female dynamic that goes back hundreds of years and it's probably encoded in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really old school. And, and the old school part of this whole dating thing 
um, puts the man in in the role of essentially being the instigator, sort of like the hunter, and he's going out looking for his mate. And the woman's role in this old-fashioned, you know, way to way to talk about things, is that she's the prize that he's looking for. Mm-hmm. And a lot of modern women have trouble with that because, in so many other ways in modern life, you know, everything has gotten much more equal. You know, women mm-hmm. are working, and they're side by side with men. They're doing, you know, the equal work. Maybe they're not quite getting the equal pay, but we're working toward that. Um, mm-hmm. But they've got their own careers. They're bringing in their own money. You know, it's a lot different than it was in the old, you know, 1950s, 1960s mode of the woman really needs the man because that's where her income source mm-hmm. is. You know, so we're past that. But we're not really past that male-female relationship stuff when it comes to dating. So a lot of times women um, will take too much of that masculine role on and they'll be the instigators. And in doing so, it looks like it's working in the beginning because they're meeting men and, and, you know, they're going out. But at some point, the man really does want to be the one who's kind of driving things forward. And um, I, I know that I step on women's toes when I say this, and some of them do not <laughs> want to hear this. But, but from my perspective, at, at the point where, you know, when women are taking too strong a role, they're actually pushing men away. They're making it too easy for men uh, to get into a relationship, and then the men don't value that relationship. True, true. My sentiments, exactly. Well, Chad, I need you to hold on to that thought. We'll discuss more of that and some of your tips that you have in your book right after this commercial break. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello again. I am with author of Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet, Mr. Chad Stone. And before the break, we were uh, discussing how we've strayed away from, you know, old-fashioned gender roles when it comes to dating and relationships. And this brings me to um, some of the tips that you or the rules that you have in your book. And I think it is Rule 49. Uh, where you say a man always pays for the first date. Uh, why do you suggest that? Because I know some people have pet peeves about that. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, that's one of those old-fashioned things that seems to work. Um, it goes back to what we were talking about before the break in terms of, you know, the man needs to feel like he is driving the process, the dating okay. process along. And, um, and it also communicates that the man pays for the first date. Um, he's telling the woman, you matter to me, I want to do this for you, and and part of it is his male ego, and <laughs> ladies, mm-hmm. we all know about the male ego, uh, part of it is him saying, I want to impress you, let me impress you, all right, and if a woman automatically says, oh, no, 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 I want to pay for it, or I want to pay half, I mean, as wonderful as that is as an economic gesture, Mm-hmm. You're not, ladies. You're not giving the man a chance to impress you, and that's what he wants. I mean, the the male female uh, relationship is so intricately woven together. And one of the strange things about men, number one, ladies, men are way simpler than you think they are. <laughs> Women always overthink what a, what a man is going through. I mean, it's almost always simpler than you think. But one of these simplicities of a man is that they men like to please women. That's mm-hmm. part of what we get out of a relationship. So by pleasing and impressing you, um, you, the woman, are giving the man a gift. You know, by giving him a chance to, to please and impress you, you are actually giving him a gift. And that's mm-hmm. part of what he wants in, in, in the dating process. So don't take that away from him. Now, later on, when you've gone on your third date or your fifth date, it's okay to offer to pay for dessert or something or do, you know, make a contribution. But, but by then you've given him a chance to kind of create his masculine role, which is what he wants. Um, so, 
So don't take that away from him. Certainly, it's not sort of like the. Like the peacock, you see, you know, he kind of struts in front of the female and shows all of the wonderful thing that he is. And, you know, it's part of the courtship process, I guess you you, you can say. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, and it's like I said, it's it's in our DNA. And no matter how modern we get, there's still a lot of us biologically and socially that, um, you know, we're bringing from past, from the past experience and from from um, centuries gone by so um some of that still applies and in dating that's one of the places in life where probably more of that applies than any other any other place okay now another cute little rule that i found that you have is rule number uh 15 and it says you don't get lucky by sitting on the couch all night just talking now what what is that (laughs) (laughs) i think it's exactly what you think it is but um you know these babe magnet rules are basically ways for me to put these little tidbits of wisdom that I kind of learned along the way. Mm -hmm. Some of them are real practical, and some are are real like, oh, that's just so deep. And some of them are just (laughs) fun, right? And I realized um, relatively early in, in my single dating process that, you know, as long as I've been alive, I don't think I've ever experienced this. I'm sitting on my couch, I'm at home, and totally unexpectedly, a beautiful woman knocks on my door and says, hey, mm. I saw you you know, walking through the parking lot, I saw you walking up to your place, I saw you in the <laughs> store, and I followed you home because I want to take you, I want to go out with you. Yes. That's never happened to me in my life. <laughs> so I realized sitting on the couch alone in my apartment it's probably a new, not a good place to meet a woman. Okay. You know, so a babe magnet needs to get up and get his butt off the couch and go out there into the so world. Where the babes are at? Where the where the babes are at? <laughs> and if you're and you're you're a babe, you know, the same thing applies. They're probably not going to knock on your door and find you in your apartment or at your house. You mm-hmm. might have to go out, you know, go with a with a girlfriend uh, to a restaurant or to a place where you can dance or whatever it is you want to do, but at least go out. Because sitting, sitting home alone by yourself is not going not gonna to do it for your single life. True, true. Now, this next rule that we have, and this is, this is going into the transition that you had with your dating experience, is uh, rule number 92. A babe magnet knows when to stop chasing babes and commit himself completely to the woman of his dreams. So my question is, how do you know you've found the woman of your dreams? Well, that's we've gone from you know an, an early babe magnet r- rule to the absolute end of the book, which mm-hmm. is um, you know the happy ending. And I vowed to not even write a book until I had a happy ending. I wasn't even going to tell my story unless it was a journey that had a, a beginning and a middle and a happy end. Mm-hmm. So at the happy end, you know you're listening to your heart. And it's telling you, wow, there is something going on here, and I don't want to lose this. I, I don't want to live without this feeling that I have. And this person and I are clicking on every possible you know, way um, emotionally, and, and there's a physical chemistry, and we, we like each other, and we love each other. And, you know, it's hard to explain that, but I think anybody who's fallen in love knows when that feeling comes back around mm-hmm. and you just say to yourself you know i don't need to look anymore this is it <laughs> this, this is the person i've been looking for you know and at that point um whatever you learned as a babe or a babe magnet you just kind of put that off to the side and you might use some of those those um tools and some of that experience but you're directing it now toward the one person that you really want to be with and keep the romance going and keep keep that that dating excitement going but um but build a relationship and 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 be devoted to that one person cuz you know you're at the end of the journey and and you found it mm-hmm. and your book does have a happy ending you you did eventually remarry correct absolutely i'm happily remarried and um it's it's fabulous i'm i'm glad now that i went through this process even though some of the steps along the way were painful or at least just not fun. 
Um, but it was totally worth it. And if you go in with your eyes open and you go in thinking, okay, this is a chance for me to grow as a person and learn as a person and maybe even meet some wonderful people along the way, um, it, the journey is totally worth it. Good stuff. Now, real quickly before we get out of here, I noticed on your website that you have a contest. Can you tell the uh, audience a little bit more about the contest that you have? Well, I'm, I'm always looking for great dating stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody's got one. Um, I, I would love the dating success stories, so I love hearing those. But sometimes you can learn just as much from a dating disaster story, right? <laughs> you know, tell me about your bad date. Um, and what I'll, what I'll do with that is, um, with, with your permission, if you'll share, me your, share with me your story, you know, I'll, I'll use that as a blog post, and then I'll try to turn it around and try to, to make suggestions on, uh, okay, well, here's what went wrong, or here's some of the things you could do when that comes up for you. Because um, I, I always like to, to put a positive spin on even something like a dating disaster story. There's usually something you can learn from it, or at least... You know, it, it's the kernel of a great story that you can tell. True. I mean, because you can always learn from people's mistakes as well as what worked for other people. So it's always a valuable tool, always a valuable tool. So, Chad, um, tell everybody real quick, um, once again, where can they get the book, uh, Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet? Why, it's on Amazon.com right now as a paperback and also as an ebook. If you go into your local uh, bookstores, they will order it for you if they don't have a, a copy on the shelf. But I tell people, hey, if you want the book, just go online and uh, Amazon will ship you one or you know, send it magically, electronically to your whatever device you're using to read books on. Um, middle-aged Babe Magnet is, uh, is probably the best search term for it, and it'll pop right up. Okay, and then they can also find you on Facebook using um, Middle Age Babe Magnet as well? Well, conf- actually on, on Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com slash confessions of a middle aged babe magnet. Good and stuff. Then the, the page will pop right up. Good stuff. Alrighty, my guest today has been the author. Chad Stone, please make sure to visit his website, keep in touch with him, and that would be middleagebabemagnet.com. And like we were talking, by his book. He's also got an opportunity on his website to sign up for his e-newsletter. And, Chad, I am uh, thanking you so much for taking time to chat with me. It's been a wonderful time. Thank you for having me. No problem. That's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There's always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. See you next week.